0: Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio.
1: And here in the ninth chapter are two things that Jesus distinctly said to pray for. So you can know you're in the will of God. One thing about it when you're praying here. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Hallelujah. Now, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into the harvest. Well, if he wants to send forth laborers in the harvest, why don't he go ahead and send them?
0: You're listening to Rayma for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the classic series, What Jesus Taught About Prayer by Kenneth e. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth e. Hagan's classic
1: message. We need to be very careful about this in this area because even if God did lead us into something, which he never has me, well, uh, you, you, you may mislead others that he's not leading and they all want to do that same thing. Amen? Well, I better not dwell too long on that, but let's just simply listen to what he had to say about it. And that he just simply says, makes this statement, that you are not to appear unto men to fast, for he says that when you do that, then you have your reward. You just got the, the applaud of men. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. Now, of course, if you're around folks, you know, uh, you kin folks, well, they're going to know you're fasting all right. But he's talking about out in the public, appearing not unto the men to fast. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Praise God. Can you say amen? amen. All right, let's go a little further. Turn over to the ninth chapter of Matthew. The ninth chapter of Matthew. Here's something that Jesus said about prayer. Let's notice the 36th through the 38th verse here of the ninth chapter. But when he saw, that is Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, you'll notice that here in Matthew, here in the 5th chapter and here in the ninth chapter are two things that Jesus distinctly said to pray for. So you can know you're in the will of God. One thing about it when you're praying here. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Hallelujah. Now, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Well, if he wants to send forth laborers in the harvest, why don't he go ahead and send them? Why would we have to ask him to do it? If that's what he wants done, why don't he just do it? Well, for the simple reason, dear friends, that you see the harvest is Satan's territory. Jesus made man, Adam put him here and gave him dominion over all to work his hands. And Adam sold out to Satan. Satan became the God of this world. God can't just move in on Satan. If he did, then Satan could accuse him of being unjust and he would be. But when somebody down here who lives here ask him, you've got that authority, then he can do it and be justified before all the universe. And still be holy God can you see that all right now pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that will send forth laborers now notice the harvest truly is plenteous well now does that apply today well if the harvest was plenteous then how much more plenteous is the harvest today now why well statisticians tell us, those that keep statistics tell us that there are more people alive right now on the earth, right now alive on the earth than has lived since the days of Christ until now. Think what an opportunity we've got. How much bigger is the harvest now? Amen? I said amen. So the harvest is much greater, much more plenteous now than it was then. Pray ye therefore, why don't you just pray that sinners will be saved? Did you ever stop thinking think about it? now we don't stop and think bless our hearts? I didn't any more than you did. So I'm not accusing you, I was in the same boat. You know, uh nowhere really are we just told to pray to God to save sinners. Now, this sounds far-fetched, but you have to stop thinking about it. Most of the time, if that's all you do, just pray God save sinners, you're probably just wasting most of your time. Why in the world would you have to say God save sinners when he's already done something about saving sinners? He's already sent Jesus. He told us, go tell them the good news. Praise God, that's the reason you need the laborers. Well, see, I didn't know that any more than you did, because we get bound up with what we were taught religiously, and we've been religiously brainwashed as to the New Testament taught. And I remember particularly an experience I had along this line many, many years ago. Well, in the year of nineteen forty-three, I'd been praying for my uncle, my mother's only brother, for, for you know, fasted, prayed. Seemed like, you know, and that's the way I prayed. God save Uncle Larry. God save him. And I had, uh, you know, it seemed like the more you prayed, the worse you got. If it ever did any good, I couldn't tell it. But you see, without realizing where I was a missionary or that it wasn't. You see, we ought to know. Bless our lovely hearts and stupid heads, <laughs> we ought to know if we've been doing something over a period of many, many years and haven't arrived, something must be wrong somewhere. I mean, if you left broken air out here and, 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 and said, well, I'm going into downtown Tulsa and after five years never got out there, you ought to know <laughs> sometime or another that you must have got on the wrong road. You didn't arrive. Amen. So I remember I was pastoring from my hometown about 15 miles away. I went over there one day, you know, to tend to some business, went by to see my mother. And my mother said, pray for Uncle Larry. Well, I'd been praying for him for years. She said, uh, you know, he'd had a lot of trouble. Now, the thing about it is he, he he brought his children up, you see, five of them, never took them to church one single time. They never was in church in their lifetime. Never had a Bible in the home. Now, he had a Bible in the home when he's brought up. But he married at 19 years of age. And all of his children, you see, never heard him pray. Never even offered thanks at the table. Never had a Bible in the home. They all grew up grown now. And they gave him all kind of trouble. You can understand that. And he had some money, but he told me himself personally, on one of them, and don't sound big now, but you go back and we're talking about depression days. He spent $10,000 on one of them to keep him out of the penitentiary, you see, and just all kinds of problems. That'd be like, you know, $100,000 or $2,000 today or even more. And uh, so he just had so much trouble with them, you see, uh, until uh, Mama said, uh, I haven't seen him, but said, uh, somebody said he just lost so much weight and he looks so haggard, you know, and, and his health has failed until it just doesn't look like him. He doesn't look like himself. Well, I just simply said, I was in a hurry, I'll pray, and went my way. Well, I went by to see her before I went uptown, because it was I went, I, it's on my way, you know what I mean? So I went on uptown to attend to my business, got my business attended to, started home. Well, the highways in those days went through the town, you see, you didn't have any bypasses. And, and the highway I had to go town was it went right in front of his house, He's vice president of one of the banks. It's late in the evening. Banks closed, been closed for some time. And, and just for exercise, he'd walk to and from his home to the town, to the bank. And, and as I was driving down the street, I saw this man walking, you see, but I see him from the rear, and I said, Well, that walks like Uncle Larry. I believe I'll stop and pick him up. I know, I know he walks to get exercise. He has a car, but he just, but, uh, and, and talk to him, you see. When I got closer to him, though, And looked, you see, it didn't look like him. And I said, no, that's not him, and went on. And I got, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple blocks by. And and it suddenly hit me. Well, uh, that was him. Mama said he didn't look like himself. I I know that walk. That, that, That was him. I hadn't seen him for much, you see. So I just whirled my car over against the curb, you know, and just, just overwhelmed almost with a spirit of compassion. I said, Oh, God, save. You know, you felt so sorry for him. He looked so bad, you know, just, just, just physically. You know he's loss? Save him. Well, it's just like somebody sat in the back seat, said, You know, just start me. I'll need to look back there and see if somebody got there between the front and the back seat and hunkered down there and I didn't see him. Said, That's what I'm uh, trying to do. And I even turned, just like I said, look back there to see if somebody's, you know, because I prayed it out loud, you know, and there wasn't anybody back there. And then I continued to commune with the Lord and said, well, Lord, you know, I've been praying for years and fasting that you'd save him. And that voice said, that's where the problem is. That's where the trouble is. And it astounded me, boy. It really shocked me. Said, uh, This voice said to me, I never told you anywhere in the New Testament to pray for sinners that they'd be saved. I said, you didn't. That's what I'd been doing all my saved life, hadn't you? You mind me taking a little side journey right now? Believe it will anyhow, whether you mind minded or not. Now, don't, don't forget that. I'm going to come back to that, see, because we don't want to go off and leave me sitting every side of the road, you know.
0: <laughs> You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, Lynette's Bargain Bag, Activating Your Faith Package, the mini book, Faith Takes Back What the Devil's Stolen by Ken Hagan, the mini book, Blueprint for Building Strong Faith by Ken Hagan. The book Speak to Your Mountain by Ken Hagan. The Slimline book The Real Faith by Kenneth E. Hagan. The book Exceedingly Growing Faith by Kenneth E. Hagan. And the single CD Words by Kenneth E. Hagan. These are being offered for a price of $19.95. Don't delay. Act right now. Call 1 888 Faith 99. That's 1 888 Faith 99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma 74150. For even faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R H E M A dot O R G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan.
1: Well, you know, in July, right into this month. Yeah. Camp about two weeks from now or so, yeah. uh, we're going to have uh, our camp meeting. Yes. July the 20th through the 25th right, right here, here on the Rhema campus. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fantastic. In fact, if you want to find out about it, you can go to our and the information there. Yes.
0: Tomorrow on Rhema for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth e. Hagan, What Jesus Taught About Prayer. Thanks for listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.